What's up, guys? It's a great day. You're now listening to the PFREI podcast series, A Passion for Real Estate Investments, where we sit down with experts in the real estate and no business in order to provide the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, SEC attorneys, house flippers, real estate accountants, and more. I'm your host, Bupan Bilal, and we're back with another great episode. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Passion for REI. We got another great episode for you. I had the chance to sit down with two attorneys, Sean Mills and Brian Goldberg from O'Kelly and Sirohan Attorneys at Law. We discussed foreclosures in non-judicial and judicial states. We also got a little bit into due diligence and bankruptcy. This is another great episode for you guys, jam-packed with some great legal information. Thanks to everyone for listening. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your host, Fuquan Bilal here, PFREI at Passion for Real Estate Investing. And today I'm here with attorneys, Sean Mills and Brian Goldberg from O'Kelly and Soharan. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit a day about foreclosure uh, in real estate. These guys actually handle a lot of uh, note, note sellers and buyers. They do a lot of foreclosure work. Um, in the states, what is it, Georgia and Florida, right? Correct. Okay, and a couple other states you guys do too as well, right? Just Georgia and Florida. We have a sister title company that um, called OS National that is able to do title and escrow work in every state. Okay, awesome. So whether you're a real estate investor or a note investor, I would definitely you know advise you guys to get with them and kind of pick their brains on legal strategies that you can use to recover, you know, if you're doing some collections in that state um, or if you need some legal action in that state. So, um, you know, let's start with you, Brian, just kind of talk about, uh, you know, the specialty that uh, service that your firm handles. Sure. Yeah, so I'm Brian Goldberg and um, I'm in the Georgia office in Duluth, Georgia. Uh, I practice only in Georgia. Um, and I do foreclosure, title litigation, bankruptcy, pretty much anything that has to do with uh, real estate and litigation involving uh, that in the state. We have, you know, we do contract work, uh, reviewing contracts, and just answering general questions about the note industry. And we've been working in this area for quite a many years. We work with you uh, quite a bit, and uh, a lot of people that are here at the conference. So. Yeah, that was that was cool. I remember the first uh, case that I brought to you. Um, it was a, it turned into a REO, and then uh, the borrower actually reinstated. They brought the check to your office and everything. And I was like, wow, that was the first <laughs> file that I had that we foreclosed on in Georgia, and uh, the borrower actually came in and, and reinstated. So it was a good thing we were able to keep the bar in the house. It did a good job um, handling the foreclosure. I remember the big bill, but it was worth <laughs> it. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Um, so now you handle Florida, correct? Um, and you do all of Florida. Florida is actually interesting because for a while, when the market uh, went down in 08, nobody wanted to touch Florida. Now you see everybody's back in, you know, a lot of the foreigners in making things happen. A lot of people are buying notes correct. and you're seeing some of that stuff where you're able to assist with, you know, recovering those assets. So talk a little bit about Florida. Um, you know, if you want to jump into statute of limitations yep. or whatever, cause that's to me a homestead. Friendly. Yep. So Florida, so I, I manage our Florida operations out of, out of Orlando. We're centrally located, so we cover the entire state. Um, yeah, the biggest state right now is probably down in South Florida. You're seeing a lot in Broward, Palm Beach, Miami-Dade. Um, those are probably the hardest hit areas uh, during the recession. 
Um, so you're seeing it's still a lot of foreclosures down there, a lot of, a lot of secondary notes um, on the market. Um, so we're busy. It's good. Um, biggest difference, I guess, with Florida and Georgia is uh, Georgia's uh, non-judicial and Florida, we are judicial. So it takes a little bit longer, um, but don't believe all the stories out there about how terrible it is there. We, we still push them through pretty quickly. Um, and uh, But yeah, as far as, uh, I guess, probably the biggest thing that we've uh, in Florida over the last couple of years, the case law has become very well settled, um, which is good uh, for, for plaintiff's counsel and for, for investors. Um, so we're not we're not having all these crazy arguments that are being thrown out by uh, defense attorneys. The law is pretty settled. Biggest issue that just got recently settled uh, by the Supreme Court is the statute of limitations. Um, so um, we're able to work with our clients, uh, even if it's on a non-performing loan that the borrower has, has been defaulted well past the five-year statute of limitations. We're able to bump up the default date, um, get them within the five years. And there's even some counsel that are going after and still going after stuff from past the five years. Um, to see how that plays out, but um, it's creating an opportunity for um, investors to come in and take some of these really old notes and still be able to collect on them in full close. So. Yeah, when we were facing that, we were just, because as you know, when you do buy notes, seconds, primarily you buy off a percentage of the unpaid balance, um, and first you buy off a percentage of the BPO, um, which sometimes in most cases is less than um, you know half of whatever the UPB is, but some investors want to go after the arrears and everything else when they purchase off of just the UPB. Um, so what we just do is just try to collect off the principal balance just to make it easier. Uh, and if there's some arrears that we can collect, you know, to reset the bar, we do that. Um, statute of limitations have really been um, a big, big uh, shift in the market mm -hmm. that we've seen uh, pushback. But um, now let's talk a little bit about uh, pay history. That's something else that we've seen shift the market when uh, people are asking for pay history. And most of the, unless the um, purchaser bought it direct from the bank, it's kind of tough sometimes for that pay history to flow down from the custodian or whatever, from the, the prior seller. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you see in the market when um, there's, it's being contested and they ask for pay history? I know there's some strategy to use. It could be an affidavit or certain things to get around that. Correct. Um, what, are, what are you guys seeing? Well, I mean, for, for us, mostly, I think uh, it comes up a lot in the bankruptcy context because we have to file proof of claims. And the proof of claim will, uh, the new form that they came out with most recently requires actually payment history to be attached as an exhibit on the proof of claim itself. So when we get to that point, it, it gets very difficult if you run into those issues where you're not able to acquire them. So... Uh, a lot of times, you know, we are having to go back and uh, basically trying to help our client calculate how, you know, the unpaid principal balance gets to this point using amortization schedules and just using the evidence that we have. Uh, proof of payments obviously help uh, to show what was paid, when it was paid. And a lot of times, you know, the borrower is not going to have it. So, um, you know, due diligence as much as possible, calling as many uh, people as possible down uh, the custody chain to find out who can have who had it last when was the last time they saw it uh, if, if they can get it sometimes you never know uh, phone call can help yeah have you do you guys subpoena also up the chain to the, the original lender or someone that you can if needed um, you know I think one of the biggest things is um, you know is knowing um, knowing who you're buying your notes from knowing not only who you're buying your notes from, but who, who they use as a servicer. 
because um, you're going to be able to know, um, you know, what type of servicing records that they do have. Um, that, that definitely helps. I mean, there's ways around it. Um, you know, if it comes down to it, there's, you know, there's also discovery that you can do. Uh, you know, we always talk about uh, defendants propounding discovery on plaintiffs, but discovery works both ways. So, you know, if, if it's a document that you don't have and you ask them to produce, you can ask the defendant to produce that as well. Um, do requests for admissions against them as well. So if they're not able to produce that, ev that evidence either, then, you know, neither one of you can at trial. So, you know, there's, there's certain strategies as well. So it's not always a one-way street when it comes to that, that information. But, you know, it's definitely something that I encourage clients to look at as far as in their due diligence stage. Um, you know, you want to know that you have the note, the mortgage, all the allonges, all the originals, the complete chain of assignments and everything. But, you know, go that extra step and look at the payment history and know exactly when the last default date or last payment date was. You know, if they have any proof of payments, was it all done electronically? Were they sending them in uh, via check, et cetera? Um, it's, you know, was there, did the payments change because of loan modification? Are, are you getting that document from, from the person you're purchasing it from? So it's all, it, it really starts at the beginning when you're looking at um, purchasing the note um, and making sure that, you know, it, it's, a, it's an important piece in, in, in your package that you want to get from uh, you know, whoever you're purchasing from. Yeah, definitely, because most sellers will only give you the note, mortgage assignment, homages uh, with the file, and it's rare that you get paid, so again, unless you buy direct, so that's that's good that there are workarounds, there are certain strategies that can be done in order to move the, the file forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, our whole goal is um, to really work something out. Our model is if we foreclose, we fail, especially if it's a second mortgage, you know, we don't really want to take the property, we just want to get the payment. Um, I know that you guys work with a lot of note investors and a lot of real estate investors. Um, I know you see so many different things come across the, the desk. Um, so that's great that there are strategies and workarounds you can implement. What are you seeing in Georgia for as far as foreclosure? Are you seeing it, uh, the percentage is lower now versus before? Is, is it slower? Um, yeah. As far as more foreclosures pushing through, what are you seeing in, in Georgia? So I think the foreclosures have kind of steadied. Uh, they've, they've evened out. They definitely decreased from you know the height and the, the Great Recession, but they have kind of steadied out um, and, and become more. Um, you know, we've reached I think a baseline of the foreclosures. The thing that I have, the, the latest trend actually is a good one, and I think we've been very successful in working a lot more of the potential foreclosures out. We've had a lot more success in, in doing workouts, loan modifications. I think people, a lot more people are working now, so they have the income. Um, so recently, I've, that's the trend I've noticed is we are moving forward. We want to keep the borrowers in the house. You're not in the business of owning property uh, as a lender or as an investor. Um, and you know, we communicate that with the borrowers so that they try and, and to understand that we're trying to be flexible and work with them. Um, and, and it's been working, so yeah. it's good. It's a very good thing. Well, I know New Jersey is now in a more foreclosure state. At one time, Florida was a little past us. Where is Florida now in a foreclosure? We're happy to give off that time. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, more properties available. So. Um, Florida's kind of also kind of leveled off. Um, the filings are definitely down from what they were before. Um, you know, we also work with first note uh, investors as well. Um, and on those, you, you definitely see that there's there's an outreach uh, to the borrowers. You know, sometimes of fifteen to 20, time, 20 times before it even gets to our office. So 
Um, there's a lot of outreach that's being done, to, so it doesn't have to go to foreclosure. Foreclosure is usually, you know, is obviously the last resort for the most part. Um, but we're definitely seeing a lot of seconds, and but we're seeing, you know, seconds where people just ignore them for a long time, um, and our clients are uh, being aggressive, um, but they're also being aggressive, you know, going forward with foreclosure, but being aggressive as far as settlement is concerned. Um, and that's what we try to do for them as well, because um, at the end of the day, it's, you know, foreclosures, it's pretty much a simple breach of contract case. It's got a lot, you know, a few regulations involved in it. Um, and for the most part, these people, you know, there's not much uh, as far as defenses. They didn't pay their mortgage. Um, and so we're at a situation where if they're actually represented by counsel who knows what they're doing, we got to figure out a situation either. You know, we're going to go forward with the foreclosure and they're going to ask for a certain amount of time. Or we're going to work something out. And uh, for the most part, we're seeing a lot of um, people willing to work something out, knowing that, you know, this debt just isn't going away. That's awesome. Now, foreclosure versus suing in a note. What, are you seeing your clients use both strategies? What, I know it's more foreclosure than suing. We use the strategy of suing in judicial states because it's faster. We can put, you know, get a judgment against other assets. Um, what, are, what are you seeing in Georgia? Is our investors using that strategy? Um, occasionally, uh, it depends on the situation, but uh, if, if the, if the uh, lender or investor knows that the borrower has other assets, then they're usually suing on the note first. Um, because Georgia is a non-judicial foreclosure state, a lot of times it doesn't make sense because you're going to be spending a whole lot more time on suing on the note than you would in the foreclosure process. And sometimes it's just not worth it to spend that time. Um, you know, we're able to foreclose, you know, probably in 45 days or so from the time that we send the notice of foreclosure uh, to the that next Tuesday of the month that the foreclosure is being held. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lawsuit is going to take, you know, six to six months to a year. Um, so people definitely are really considering whether or not that's worth it ahead of time and looking into doing their due diligence to see if they have any assets first. But let me ask you on, on the suing and the note part, and this is, I heard a mix from different attorneys, so I have a collateral file, I'm missing an assignment, but I have the note and I have the launch. Mm -hmm. the, the note is the instrument that I'm suing on and I have the chain that the note is endorsed to me. If I don't have that assignment, um, can I still sue on the note in Georgia because I have the note in the launch, I don't have the assignment though. Yeah, there is actually a line of cases that, um, I just had a, a case about this in bankruptcy court. Um, there's a line of cases in Georgia that says that the assignment follows the net and vice versa. So they're, although they are two separate instruments, they follow each other um, when one is transferred. So what if the foreclosure on the first wipes out the second, the bar didn't file bankruptcy, but I still have that note in those alanges, but now the assignment is no longer valid because it was foreclosed on that secured part went away so now i just have to note in the line right and what about in that case do i still need to have it all together well if 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 you have a second and the first has been foreclosed that wipes out the secured portion of it so you no longer have any sort of attachment of the collateral from the from that instrument the the promissory note so now it's basically just out there you know it's unsecured there's no collateral that is attached to so Suing on the note at that point would probably be uh, the good strategy because the, if they, especially if they have other assets, um, your goal is to get a judgment so that it attaches to anything else that they have. And a judgment will be uh, an attachment to any personal property 
that they have in the entire state or any real estate that they have in the county where the judgment was entered. And then we take that judgment, we report it in any other county that they have any other real estate in it, and it would attach to those. Awesome, awesome. What about in Florida? Is it the same, yep. different? Yep. Yeah, that's really kind of your only your only real option at that point if you have been foreclosed out by the first. Uh, the mortgage is wiped out uh, as far as the lien is concerned. Um, so you're suing on the note. Uh, hopefully the person has to file for bankruptcy, and then you're going to get a judgment against them individually. Same thing to where you know you can then, then go after assets um, that they have within the state. You can even have it domesticated in another state if they have um, assets there as well. Um, but yeah, that's 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 what you got to do as far as that's concerned. Is and what you were talking about also um, with the chain of assignments. Uh, same thing for Florida. You know, for us, the the, the most important document is the note. As long as the note is complete with a full chain of allonges or endorsements, um, then you you know you're good to go. Um, so even if you have a you don't have a um, assignment mortgage, or even if the assignment mortgage is faulty um, and is incorrect, um, in Florida the mortgage follows the note. So there's no need for even for an assignment mortgage uh, to even be there. It's more out there to be recorded in the public records for notice provisions. Awesome. So, so we can basically say it's state by state, whereas if you can sue on a, on a note that does ha, doesn't have an allonge in Georgia, the you said the mortgage follows the note or some vice versa. So you're so let me understand this. You need to have that full chain of assignments if it's secured in order to sue on the note in Georgia. You don't have to have the assignments. Okay. Uh, okay. The allonges, yes. Okay, the perfect. Assignments, okay, the good. assignments you do. Right, good, good, good. To, because the, the assignments apply to the uh, security okay. deed, and that's only necessary. The only thing the security deed is doing is giving you that right to foreclose through the power of sale in the non judicial process. Awesome. Because what we started to do is we took down some trades, and of course, you know, uh, collateral is the biggest thing in this space, and sometimes you. Um, have to wait for those assignments and you want to move forward and start some type of action to start the negotiation. Mm -hmm. So uh, we started to use a strategy of suing on the note um, and you have some attorneys say, well, you don't have all the assignments, you don't have no way. Well, what if it's foreclosed and there's no assignment and it's just a note? Well, what did you do? Well, right? you can't now. Mm -hmm. So that's great that we got clarity now that um, you can actually still do a legal process if your collateral is not intact as far as the assignment chain and you can sue on the note. And yeah, absolutely. it's nice to have um, you know, when you sue, especially in, in Florida as a judicial state, when you're filing a complaint, when you're alleging all your allegations, you want it, you'd love to have it all laid out and have everything attached to the complaint, your note, your lodges, full chain of title on the note, then your mortgage, then your assignments of mortgage. So you can show full transfer of both the note and the mortgage. It's great to have that. Can we do it without it? Absolutely. That's you know, awesome. with, the, with the note and just the mortgage and, you know, showing that the note's been transferred. Absolutely. We can go forward on it. By having all your documents, you're you're just knocking down, you know, knocking out legs of defense counsel's arguments later on. So it's it's nice to have it at the beginning, but we can go forward without it as well. So. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. So what would you say uh, in closing? What would you say as far as people who are new getting into the business? Some of the things to look out for, whether they're in New Georgia, and then I'll let you talk about Florida, as you know, bringing a foul to you. What are some of your expectations to make sure that you set them up right, you know, for success to be able to recover on that asset? Um, first of all, it's just making sure you do your due diligence and you have all of your documents prepared, ready to go. Um, when I have a new client come in, I actually have like a checklist of documents that I require and that if they send those to me, um, I'll be able to you know hit the ground running. I'll be able to start very fast, get everything done quickly, get them get that file set up. 
the quicker I can do that, the quicker I can generate, you know, demand letters, notice of sale, publication. Um, so having all your ducks in a row before you get, you know, call me would, would be really helpful. Um, that especially is true, um, you know, on an ongoing basis, you already have my checklist of the things that I need. So now you know going forward, this is this is everything for future referrals too that you're going to be sending me, and then it, it turns into a process. Awesome, awesome. A bunch of yeah, same same as what Brian said, but you know, I think it's it's just having as much information as possible, knowing you know, knowing that you have the borrower's social security numbers, dates of birth, um, you have a good pro you have a good understanding of what the actual property value is. So if you're in a second position. Um, that you know you're not you're not running into the risk of possibly being uh, stripped in a bankruptcy, um, knowing if there's previous bankruptcy, knowing if there's previous foreclosures against a particular borrower, um, you know all the information you can provide to us it just helps us. So um, you know we always tell our clients you know we, we like to have open communication. That's also once you did mention something about bankruptcy. I remember a few years ago, check, uh, district I believe it was 11, Georgia, Florida in Alabama was stripping in chapter seven. Uh, I want to say that it ended 2016, June. It was a new ruling that came out. Um, those cases that happened back then, I see some buyers are buying assets that have chapter seven. Um, you know, that was, the lien was stripped back then and they're buying the assets now so they don't know, you know, that could be possibly one of those loans that was in that area where it stripped. Um, are they able to reverse that or is that done? It's already stripped, it's already done. Um, with that new ruling, did they go back and can someone, or is, is this a closed case already? That I don't know on. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that had a retroactive uh, application, but I'm assuming probably not. Okay. I think that the, I think that the, it was a Supreme Court case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the Supreme Court would have had, and I have to go back and look at it, but I think they would have had to say in their order, that it was retroactive, yeah. and I don't think that they did. Yeah, I would think there's they ways. Probably whatever protection. They yeah, got. I know it was a yeah. big celebration. I know yeah, that what it came out. Yeah. So yeah. It was like chapter thirteen, we know, and now chapter seven. Oh my yeah. god! So yeah. uh, bankruptcy is actually something good because you can actually go in and see what's going on, and then they sign the affidavit, they presented all their financials. So those have been good assets mm -hmm. to kind of look at and kind of work stuff out um, with the bankers. So I actually like when the bar for bankruptcy, except when there's no equity yeah, right. and they go to strip. Um, but there's still opportunities there. But I definitely thank you guys for coming to uh, the podcast and sharing your knowledge and we'll get you uh, on a social media page and kind of help generate some business for yourself and add value to the community by, you know, answer some legal questions. I'm seeing a lot of people who are not attorneys answering legal questions. So it's like, <laughs> then that was uh -oh. the main purpose of setting this up. So. Um, I definitely thank you guys for coming. So, Absolutely. Brian Goldberg, Sean Mills, for <laughs> <laughs> Kelly and Saharan. All right, guys, another great session. PFREI, your host, Fuquan Bilal. Thank you for listening to this episode of PFREI. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Passion, the number four. REI, passion for REI. If you have any questions, send us a DM or a tweet and we'll go over them on the show. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.